0: There are a few key things that I have come to realize are critical in order for me to see my own progress in myself. And they're not unique to me. I see them in my clients. I see them in my friends. I see them in my sister. I see them in my mom. We all, when we want to change, we need a clear strategy and a plan that we can trust We need to have someone there to support us and give us clarity when we're confused, someone to ask questions to. We need to have other people to do things with. That's a powerful aspect of women is that when we are with other women, we often have more confidence to keep going, especially when they're encouraging each other. And in perimenopause, The other thing I know, without a doubt, is that we have been highly uneducated on the rhythms of our body and how they are different than men's, and really that's what this podcast is all about. Before we dive into this week's episode, I want to invite you into the perimenopause posse to join me and dozens of other women who are healing their hormones and feeling their best in perimenopause with energy, with better sleep, with weight release, because of the The strategy that is in there, because of the weekly live coaching that I'm able to answer your questions and be more specific to you, because of the support of the other women in there, and each month I offer a unique challenge to educate you more on what's happening in your body so that you don't have to feel so out to lunch that I know was the exact feeling I had at 37 when all of this just hit me out of nowhere. In June, I am sharing a cycle-syncing challenge with you so you can better understand how to work with your female hormone rhythm, whether you're bleeding or not. It's a seven-day challenge that's gonna educate you on that. You also get the P4 formula, you get hundreds of bonus trainings, you get live coaching with me, and you get the support of this incredible group. And these are the reasons that this community, this Posse, is making waves in so many women's lives. So grab the link and swipe up here. Click the link for the Perimenopause Posse and come and join in and stop struggling with where you're at in your perimenopause. It's time for us to step up, have the confidence in ourselves and our bodies in this time in midlife. And guess what? It's only $37 a month. All right, hope to see you in there. Let's dive into this week's episode. Hey, sisters. Welcome to this week's episode of the Period Whisperer podcast. podcast. (laughs) This is why I don't over edit my things. I think it's funny that we're all human and we make mistakes. So I'm going to leave that one in there for you. But... Welcome to this episode of the Period Whisperer Podcast. I'm your host, Bria Gad, and my whole mission is to help you better understand what's happening in your body so that you can follow the correct path to healing in the easiest and most effortless way, because who has time for more these days? And feel better now than you did even in your 20s. Unleash the body and the life, right? Because our body, how we feel in our body can really hold us back from doing the things we want in our life. It can keep us from trying new things and new experiences. It can keep us from capturing memories and taking photos of those memories. It can it can keep us from taking the risks that we know we want for ourselves because no risk, no reward, right? We, it keeps us from those things and we wanna really eradicate that. I want to empower you to to step your body up, to be the CEO of it, to hear what it's saying and to give it what it needs. Because when you work in line with your body, that's when the magic really starts to happen. If you haven't joined us in the perimenopause posse yet, please come in, swipe up, you are missing out. This is the strategy, the support, the community, the connection, the accountability to keep you there all the way until you really get the results that you want and keep going. So swipe up, join us in there. Today, I'm going to talk all about some habits, how to really lock into life-changing habits. Now... (laughs) You know, the longer I've been a coach now, and I have been coached now for, I've been a coach now for almost a decade and a half, and actually before that, I was a coach in in different industries, so for more than half my life, I've been in a coaching role, and for more than half my life, well, probably uh, like two-thirds of my life, I've been coached by other people because, you know, coaching is so valuable, right? It, It helps us grow faster, um, it helps us get unstuck. It helps us see the things that we cannot see from within our own little frame, right? So coaching for me is always, you know, education and coaching is always the way I invest in myself. And it's, it it always provides a return. It never, it never leaves me feeling like I didn't get enough, even if it, even if it wasn't the lesson I needed, I learned something about myself and how to be better. And that's, if you're someone who's listening to this and you You probably are one of these people like me who just wants to grow, wants to be better, wants to spread more light into the world and take more light back into ourselves. But one of the things I've learned time and time again about myself, about other people that coaching helps bring to the surface is that we often already know what is keeping us stuck. (laughs) We're avoiding it we're denying it. We don't feel like we have permission to focus on it. We're not totally sure. And that's what core coaching really comes into place. It's, it helps to, you know, have someone else there to say, yeah, that's the path. You're not wasting your time. Keep going. Like that's the way you want to do it. What are you learning? It helps remind you that the little steps are what create the big steps. So whether it's me working with clients who often in our first one-on-one call, I'm like, it sounds like you already know what is going on or what you need to change, or whether it's in myself, I have had and have some personal bad habits um, and some of the biggest ones that really impacted my, you know, my perimenopause symptoms, both physically and emotionally if you didn't listen to last week's episode or, or the sorry, that episode earlier in this week, I would go back and listen to it because, I, because we talk a lot about the shift in our body and what's happening there. But last week I got to really share with you the shift in our brain. So, our lifestyle choices, the actual things that we do, and also how we have chosen to handle things up to this point are what make the gap between women who struggle so significantly in perimenopause like I did and like many of you are and those that, you know, have a bumpy road but manage through. Um So some of my old habits were definitely caffeine. I would wake up at 4.30 every morning thinking that was when I, it was the only time I had to get stuff done and force myself out of bed. I would pound one to two scoops of a highly caffeinated pre-workout to push myself through that workout. That caffeine was running amok in my system. It was the reason that I was gaining weight. It was the one of the main reasons I was gaining weight. I couldn't make it through the afternoon. My body was starting to hurt and break down. Hard workouts without paying attention to whether my body was ready for those. I love, I love challenging myself. And I know a lot of you guys do too. And if we're not listening to the response and how the body feels about it, it doesn't make it okay, right? When we're not listening and we're pushing someone harder than they need to, that's, that's against the values of our body, the integrity of our body. So I would use those as a way to, I think, numb, to make myself feel better, to feel in control of my body. I will often slip into sugar after all of my meals. I used to often have like brownies after, you know, after breakfast. I would definitely have mad sugar cravings in the afternoon. And I would deny that I was using those things for those little dopamine hits to make myself feel better, to soothe whatever was stressing me out at that time. Daily alcohol for me was a, a problem where I would, you know, there was a long period of time where I was waking up to caffeine and going to bed to alcohol. And those are two bookends of a day that. I knew were impacting my sleep, impacting my energy, making me not feel very good. So I had to take a really hard look at it. Falling asleep to TV, that's another one <laughs> that I fall into often. And these are all things I still have to become aware of. These are my go-to, my go-to old habits, right? Along with people pleasing, right? Because I'm uncomfortable in a situation when someone else is unhappy, even if, it's, even if the decision is the right one for me. So I might sacrifice how I felt to make someone else feel more comfortable, which I work really hard now to no longer do. Hustle addiction, where I would just do more to make myself feel better, to calm the the questions rising in my mind. Those those habits are still things I have to consciously be aware of. And to be fair, a lot of those habits I I have seen in my family and my parents, right? We get a lot of our habits, our coping mechanisms, you know, the way we think, from our family. So these are things that are hard to change and that's why we often like lean back to them for for safety, for comfort because they stem from our youth, right? They stem from the first time we created these habits. And so that's what our body and our brain often knows and it reaches to those comforts. But for me, I had to begin to ask myself what the truth was behind the habit right? If we know that habits, and we're, we're talking habits are things that we do frequently, right? They're sort of making up 80% of our life, you know, not the one-offs, not the 20%. The habits are the things that make us and break us, right? It's not the things that you do here and there. It's the regular consistent players in, in life that make up our life, our health, our joy, and also break Those things as well. And perimenopause is that perfect time to change and of course deal with those habits because our body is no longer okay with the habits that aren't serving it and our brain is no longer tolerating them, right? So we need to dig into and ask ourselves these habits, these things that keep us right back where we started, right? The things that we often resist giving up we have to ask ourselves, why? Why do I need this coffee? Because I need to function? Well, why am I not able to function, right? We want to follow that bouncing ball. Why am I not able to function without caffeine? Am I not getting enough sleep? Why am I not getting enough sleep? I'm not dealing with stress. I'm not managing my time. I'm taking on too much. You know, why do I need to do these hard workouts? Is it really serving my body? Is it making me feel like I'm keeping my weight in check? Is it making me feel like I actually accomplished something because everything else is out of control of my life? You know, why do I need to have sugar after my meals? Is this just an old addictive habit that I'm not letting go of? You know, why do I need to drink alcohol every single day? You know, what am I not dealing with in my life? What am I not happy with in my life that I'm using this to numb with, that I'm making something that's not good for me all the time? And, and if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know, I'm not one of these extreme people. I, I think that there's space in life for things that do bring us joy at times. The concern is when they are the only joy if food and alcohol or food and drink or hustle addiction or workouts are the only thing that's bringing you joy and it's breaking down your body that's a problem that means our habits are off right so but if 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 we know we know like there's science there's studies the fact 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 that sugar and alcohol and caffeine are not great for our bodies in fact they steal from our bodies yes they can bring us pleasure here and there and give us a little boost here and there and that's fine Here and there, but not in the daily, right? Likewise, like I run into a lot of people who aren't big vegetable fans or don't walk and move their bodies. I mean, these are basic foundations of health. When it comes to comes to elevating ourselves to that next level, we need those micronutrients in order to thrive, you know we need to move our body in order to keep it functional. We need to stretch it and expand it in order for it to fight the gravity that's pressing down on it. So why are we not creating these habits? What is getting in the way of this? Why do I need TV to fall asleep at night? What am I not processing in my mind? Or what are my habits earlier in the day that are not supporting that? So I want to leave you with a a few habits that Our foundational habits, they might not rectify your whole world, but we want to create habits that we, when life gets busy, are just there and they're serving us, not robbing us, right? If our go-to when life gets stressful are habits that make us more tired, interrupt our sleep, you know, cause weight gain, you know, tax the body, add more workload to the body... No matter what your age is, that's going to be a problem because there's always going to be hard things in life. And not only that, but we know firsthand that some of these habits, right? They end up at first, you know, maybe having a drink is fun, you know, maybe having a dessert is fun. But when we use it and abuse it every day, now it's like we have to have that drink just to feel normal, just to cope, which is not the same as like having drinks with friends and having a really fun time here and there. Do you see the difference? So here are some of my favorite habits that no matter what serve and really should be a foundational piece of your health every single day. So for me, getting up and walking in the morning, moving my body, for me, my walking is that meditation. I also have a dog. The dogs need to be walked. But I get up and I move, even if it's only 10 minutes. I move that body in a gentle way, whether it's yoga and expansion, whether it's walking. I like to walk. I have my greens so that I'm serving my guts and my adrenals, which I know need me right now. I'm putting like the first things I'm doing for my body are good. When I have coffee, which I do, I have a coffee every day, I have it with breakfast or at least some nuts so that it's not just automatically coming in and just spiking cortisol in my body and making things harder. So I negotiate that one. That one I negotiate on. So I never have it on an empty stomach. 30 minutes on the mat. So I always have 30 minutes on the mat. Maybe it's just to breathe. Maybe it's to just do yoga. Maybe it is to do, you know, some light weights. Maybe it's to do, you know, some heavier weights. That really is going to depend on where I'm at in my cycle, on what else is going on in my life. A hard workout will elevate your cortisol. And if you're not in a solid space to handle that, and this is stuff that, I te- that I'll be teaching in the perimenopause posse in, in the month of June, how to sync with your cycle, right? How to know how, to, when that is okay and when that's not okay. But 30 minutes on the mat a day, just for me, just for me to give back to my body, give back to my central nervous system. That's a foundational piece. It's 30 minutes and it gives more to me than it takes away. I refuse to eat from a place of stress. If I am stressed, I nap or I take a few deep breaths before I eat. But stress eating, not only, you know, we, we can't think logically. Studies show us we do not think logically when we are stressed or angry or frustrated or very emotional. We want to bring ourselves back to calm with some breathing. To make sure that what we need right now is, in fact, that food, or that we're making appropriate decisions, and that when we do eat that food, it's not being stored as fat, that it's being assimilated and used as energy, right? This is why North America is one of the ob- most obese nations, and yet we have no shortage of food and we are nutritionally starving because we're making the wrong decisions. And we're doing it from a place of stress. When we are stressed, the body suppresses the metabolism and amps up that fat storage in order for us to prepare and have energy, conserve that energy to do the fight or flight that is coming. So we refuse to eat. I refuse to eat from that place of stress. And that's a simple one. I just breathe. I'm not doing something, right? That's actually an easier one than we think by not doing something, I nap when I haven't had seven to nine hours of sleep. I really just don't buy sugar and keep it too much in the house, nothing that I'm going to eat. And I always have vegetables and protein at every meal. Those are the building blocks of our health, right? Every cell in our body is made up of two of our main macros, right? Fats and and proteins. And that's what, you know, in our bodies, you know, creates supple skin, builds our muscle, you know, repairs our hair, like... Those are really key macronutrients and carbohydrates are a key nutrient because it drives those suckers all around the body. But the micronutrients, right, our vegetables, our fruits, our our super nutrients, our minerals, those are the things that really give us that extra joie de vivre, that help us fight sickness, that help us repair, that, you know, give us that extra energy, that extra glow, that icing on the cake, What's a cake without icing, right? So we need that icing on our cake. And the last habit I really lean into is, you know, when I'm falling back into old habits is either going for a walk at night or picking up a book instead of screen time. It's simple things and I do. I love to sink into a Netflix binge. I really do. My girlfriend and I right now are deep in the walking dead which I cannot believe I'm watching because it is never something I thought I'd be into. So if you're into it too, I feel you. But when I'm not sleeping well at night or my mind is busy or I'm starting to struggle and I'm watching too much TV at night, slipping back into a book makes a huge difference for me. I used to want to avoid that because it puts me to sleep right away. And then I felt like I never had any time for myself. But if I stayed up late and I didn't sleep and then I had a bad sleep and then I didn't have enough sleep the next day, then I had no time for myself either. When I when I quiet myself and have that healthy bedtime routine, then it gives me more energy the next day to accomplish what I need to accomplish on time sisters, you want to look for green flags versus red flags that your habits are working or not, right? Basic foundations of health, these habits that we create that create health mean we should be seeing an improvement in digestion. We should be seeing seeing an improvement in energy, in mood, in you know, regular bowel movements, you know, we should be seeing an improvement in our skin and the clarity of our eyes in, in how we handle stress, how quickly we react to things. And when we do that work, and we look for those flags, the weight release piece always comes, but you've got to kick that can down the road and recognize it could take four to six months. But let's start and make sure we're doing the right thing and creating those habits and the rest will come and we won't give up because we're looking and seeing results in the places where they are proven to work. Okay, I want you to go out and be more in your life, and not just less on a scale. Step into being the CEO of your body. Come and join us in the Perimenopause Posse. Share this podcast. Heal your habits. You can do this. I can do this. Let's do it together. Have an amazing day and we'll catch you on the next